about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. James chapter 4 verse 4 to 8. I've only got, uh, someone put 35 minutes. Give me 20 minutes on that. Turn it to 20 minutes. I don't have that. Uh, James chapter 4 verse 4 to 8. And I'm going to read the Amplified. And when you start reading it, you will say, but pastor, you said you wanted to encourage us. Yes, I do. He says, you adulteress. What a way to encourage someone. You adulterous, disloyal sinners, flirting with the world and breaking your vows to God. Do you not know that being, in the, being the world's friend, that is loving the things of the world, is being God's enemy? So, whatever, so whoever chooses to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God? Or do you think that the scripture says to no purpose that the human spirit which he has made to dwell in us lusts with envy, but he gives us what? More and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live in what? Live and live and what? An obedient, why are they putting the new King James? I mean, this doesn't make sense. I'm reading the whole thing and you should know that it's not the King James version. Come on. So, where, where was I? Verse uh, 6. But he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. It says, therefore, it says, God opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turns away from self-righteousness. So, submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful heart, you double-minded people. Now, I've been preaching on going the distance. And um, the first thing, uh, 1 Corinthians 9.24 says is, Do you not know that in a race all the runners... All the runners run, but only one receives the prize. It says, so run that you may obtain. And in this day and age, many people are not running to obtain, not running to finish. They start as Christians and in between things go wrong. And I said that it is much easier to start a thing than to finish a thing. I said there's an old adage that says it is not how you start, but how you finish. 
And if you're going to finish something and be in Christ, it must be an intentional will. It's a decision that you make in advance because when you make that decision in advance and say, I am going to follow God, it guards you against temptation that will come and will entice you to compromise your values and your beliefs. So we started last week on how do we actually maintain the race. How do we say that if God gives us a promise, I'm going to keep to that promise. How do we become, how do we live a good life as a Christian? The first thing I said is you've got to find the play, place of prayer. I'm using some P's here. The place of prayer. And I said that prayer is a lost ingredient in the modern day Christianity. People just don't pray. Uh, to last the distance, uh, whether in crossing the line to your Canaan or finishing strong, we've got to go to that place of prayer. Remember, I didn't say you've got to pray. I said you've got to stay in the place of prayer. Because if you don't, you will open your life to all kinds of ridicule, all kinds of confusion, or, and you will live a life, and many Christians are living that life, a life of lottery mentality. Because your closet is empty, your head lacks oil, the Spirit of God is not breathing over you, so you're playing around and seeing, maybe if I just pray and do this, it will happen. No, you stay in the place of prayer, because that's the secret place of God. The second thing I want us to do is to maintain the distance, to really go far, is we've got to do what I call the practice of devotion. What did I say? The the practice of devotion. The, the Bible uses the godly expression, uh, the Bible uses the expression godly devotion, which means it is a loyalty to Jehovah. Being devoted to something means being focused on that particular thing exclusively. When you are a devoted person, you place the needs of others above you. And the reason many of us don't last the distance, remember I'm using this in concerns of with our horizontal, uh, horizontal and our vertical relationship. So if we're going to have a vertical relationship with God, we've got to be devoted. But likewise, if we're going to have a horizontal relationship with people around us, we've got to be devoted. And the reason why many relationships, let me go to relationships, are packing up is because there's no sense of devotion. I am devoted to my wife means that I must be able to place my wife's needs above my needs because that's what is called devotion. That means that if I'm devoted to God, that means I've got to place God's needs above my needs. And where we go into this funny scripture that the uh, Bible says, delight yourself with the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We quickly go to the desires of your heart. But we forget that the Bible says you need to delight yourself in the Lord. And how do you delight yourself in the Lord? It's by pleasing him. It's by being devoted to him. Listen to me. You can write this down. Devotion is the mystery behind distinction. An example is Daniel. When you are devoted to God, you become a distinction in life. How dedicated you are determines how distinguished you are in the kingdom. True strength and longevity lies in devotion. 
When you are truly lost in God, you will be truly sought after by man. And this is the mistake. Many of us are running after men. Many of us are so devoted in pleasing men that we displease God. And the Bible says that a friend to the world is an enemy unto God. Oh, they don't preach this anymore in church. No, we need to listen to this. And the more we are devoted to God, the more that God will make men seek after you. What does it mean to be devoted? To be devoted means who you honor. Do we honor God or do we actually honor ourselves? We will always negate our future based on what we and who we or who we do not honor. Honor means giving someone the right to tell us what to do. Honor means giving someone the right to tell us what to do. And as we go through this period of fast, are we actually praying for what we want or are we praying for God to show us the light so that we can honor him? Honor. Honor means giving someone else the right to tell you what to do. Honor means giving God the right to tell you what to do. Honor is an internal thing that has to have an external demonstration and deference by showing courtesy and attitude. And in this day and age where there is absolute dishonor. Do you know what? People don't even know what the meaning of honor means. They don't even know it. And that's the reason why we treat God as if God is our mate. We even walk up to God in prayer. God, you're right. Okay, so this morning I need this, 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 this. And if you don't give it to me, I will find another way. We don't even honor elders anymore. Some of you are sitting down in the tube and an elderly person walks in and you're still chewing gum. Because you feel, well, well, I, 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 I feel tired. No honor. No one, we even see an elderly person, no matter what ethnicity, walking down the streets, walking with a stick and carrying shopping bags. And you don't even have any attempt to honor the person by saying, can I help you? If they say no, that's a different ball game altogether. In fact, some of us will see our parents hovering and we will pick our legs up. Right? <laughs> Don't forget this one. Oh, Jesus. Come and do that to my mom. Ah! In fact, she picked up the hoover because there's only one thing on her mind to beat the devil out of you. So why she, she doesn't even need to get close to you. We do that. We, we, we don't care. We so much dishonor everything we come across. We desecrate any place we come across. Even if you're renting someone's house, the way you honor it shows how God will bless you. Some of you will even walk into the toilet of the church. How many church toilets do you see that nice? And nothing says to you when you finish what you're doing, you clean the place up because you honor the place. We, we, we even went to buy expensive hand dryers. A 
That's as if for the ladies, go into the men's toilets. The ladies have the best. The men's toilets just have one that comes out. You have one that you can put your hand. And still on Sunday, they had to take me there. It's an absolute disgrace. Come on! And you know why? Because there's no honor for God. This is the house of God. Let me share one story with you. A secret with you. Whatever you do, know that heaven is looking at you. No honor. And if you can't honor your parents, honor the elderly people, honor God, honor God's things, honor what someone gives you, how would God give honor to you? And you will never honor something unless you're devoted to it. And especially, many people just don't know how things occur. Some people will walk in, put chairs together, put their legs on the chair. It's dishonor. Some people will get into the tube, put their legs on the chair. It's dishonor. You follow what I'm saying? When you walked into when you walked into that toilet, if you left it the way you met it, would you walk into that place? Honor it. Oh, they, they didn't put a brush in there. Yeah, clean it. Honor whatever God has given you. Many people dishonor their wives. Many people dishonor their husbands. Because there is a lack of devotion. And God is saying to us, He says, we've got to get to a place where our hearts and our minds are devoted to the Almighty God. And it's who we honor. And that's the reason with our tithes, with our offering, we're still arguing because we are not devoted to God. And when we're not devoted to God, the devil is clapping for us and wreaking havoc in our lives because he knows that your stability in God is questionable. We call honor. Let me quickly read through this because it will help you. Now, don't turn to it, but write it down. Asa was one of the good kings in the Bible. If you're a Bible scholar, you will know that. But just Asa was a king. And he was one of the good kings. He was the, 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 the kingdom of Israel was divided into two, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom, the southern kingdom rulers were normally, the vast majority of them were really dedicated unto God. And the northern side, they had all bad kings. Now, Asa was one of the good kings. And he ruled Judah for 41 years. He was young when he got there. He ruled for 41 years. And the Bible says he did what was right in the sight of God, as David, his father, has done. First Kings chapter 15, verse 11, you can check that. Why did Asa have longevity? Is because Asa honored God. He honored God so much that he removed his own grandmother. Like, get out! I said there will be no bow, there will be no image apart from God, and you decided to do that. He removed it. The grandmother is like the queen mother. And, you, he, and he didn't remove her, like remove her like, okay mom, enough. He publicly denounced her. And removed that. That's how much honor he had for God. And, and that's the difference. And I'll go, my time's gone. That's the difference between David, Jonathan, and Saul. If Jonathan honored God more than his biological father, he would not have died with his father. 
Because he said to David, he says, you are going to be on the throne and I will sit beside you. Why would you so much not go with David into the cave but sit down in the palace? Because the palace physically looked more attractive than your devotion to the vision that God had shown you. Because God showed him he would sit beside David. Well, look at this. In the 36th year of his reign, almost 90% of the way through, he had trouble with a king called Besha. And that was the king of Israel. The northern kingdom. This time, though, Asa did not rely on God, but he took matters into his own hands. Instead of crying out to God for deliverance, as he had done before, he acted on his own. And then he emptied the whole treasury that David, his great-grandfather, had, had made, the, seal, the gold, the whole treasury of the, inside the temple, and he gave it to the Syrians to help their him turn on Israel. And you know what? He didn't stop there. This is 36 years into a 41-year reign. Close. When he became ill, he neglected to seek God's help, but relied on physicians and doctors. For his lack of reliance upon God, he now faced divine anger. Now, he was told, he, he, he was now told by Apophis, he says, there will be consistent war until the end of your reign. And you will be struck with a crippling disease. But Asa still did not repent. And so Asa ruled long and then collapsed. For 36 years, he was faithful. But for five short years, he was not. And many people say, yeah, I used to serve God. We don't, you don't really know that as you are about to step into your Canaan, you just decided, let me try this way. 36 years, 36 years, he was great. He did what no other king had done and he was blessed by God when no other king had been blessed. And he was the envy of his brothers from the northern side. And then he, war came out and he decided not to seek the face of God because devotion is not occasional. It has to be a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's us saying to God, I'm putting a stake in the ground. Listen to me. Listen to me. Many people don't realize what a prophet and a pastor does in their lives. Because sometimes you get so used to it that you say, yeah, I've kept that before. Get off my back. You have been doing so well until you ignore the voice of reason and bam, you fall into trouble. Asa fell 41 years, 36 doing well. The last five years of his life, he was in what was called a crippling disease. His legs were smelling and maggots were coming out of his legs 
And they had to throw him up into the attic. And his son was ruling. Can I encourage you? Do not negotiate your faith in God. Just doing well. Being single. Praising God. Serving God. Giving. Being okay. And then one small boy walks into your life and bam. Every single thing you have done stops. And before you know anything, he takes you or she takes you in some cases. I've seen it it happen so many times with guys serving God, worshipping God. I've seen that before. And the woman now suddenly comes into his life. You met him in church. What the devil are you doing? What kind of possession is that? You met the guy in church serving God. And then suddenly you got married and you're now complaining. Hey, he doesn't have time for me. He said, church, 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 church. You, you met him in church. I've done this before. I've shared this before. And then the issues came. They came to see me. Saturday, the guy said, no, pastor, that's not the issue. The issue is that they're spending too much time in church. I said, but how many times do we actually come to church? How many times do we actually come to church? Because it was my protocol. Because it was a notion. And I said to her, I said, do you know that church is a safe haven? Would you rather let him be messing around outside? And you know what? She, he was doing well until. She was doing well until. You have a child until. And then suddenly, it's too much. You know what? She successfully dragged the guy out of church. To an extent, I will call him. And then they won't pick up the phone. And then one day she comes crying into church. My husband's cheating on me. I looked at her and I said, how? Yeah, he has these friends he's now getting close to. And I'm like, did you see what you've done to your life? At this point in time, I've only got three or five words to you. Get out of my office five. <laughs> it's only God that can help you. Because the man I had authority over has left. He doesn't come home anymore. What can I do about that? Asa was good until. Now let me share the second side of the story and let me close here. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I saw this on Word of Today. It blessed me. It blessed me greatly. Blessed me greatly. And I'm going to read this to you. Listen to it. He says, Sejak, Mezak, and Abednego knew if they refused to bow down to the 90-foot tall um, 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 idol of King Nebuchadnezzar, they would be executed. So they knew that. But they made a defining decision to stand up for what was right than rather bow down to what was wrong. Most of us could have come up with a dozen realizations. Listen to what we do. Number one, they would say, I'm bowing down on the outside, but standing up on the inside. This is what somebody, or I'll ask for forgiveness right after I get back up. And I've said this to us God is a forgiving person, but grace does not exonerate you from the consequences of your actions. You will still bear the consequences and grace may see you through. 
And you see, he said, he said, he said, many of you, I will do it and get forgiveness. Many of you, I will sleep with him, but then I will ask for forgiveness after God, God understands. He does. He says, uh, and, and then some of us will say, oh, or what good am I to God if I'm dead? But it's our rationalization that often annuls his revelation. When we compromise our integrity, we don't leave room for divine intervention. When we take matters into our own hands, we take God out of the equation. When we try to manipulate a situation, we miss out of the miracle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, when we try to manipulate it. So, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had compromised their integrity and bowed down to the idol, they may have been delivered from the fiery furnace, but it would have been by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar and not by the hand of God. And it would have been from and not through. They would have forfeited their testimony by failing the test. And while they would have saved their lives, they would have sacrificed their integrity. It was their integrity that triggered a miracle. It was their integrity that allowed God to show up and show off. Their integrity paid off and then the king promoted Sadrach, Mesach and Abednego in the province of Babylonia. Bottom line, when you do the right thing, God will do the right thing by you. So let me close by saying this. If God is going to be your helper to rise, let him help you. What did I say? If God is going to be your helper to rise, then let him help you. Don't compromise. There must be a practice. What did I say? Practice of devotion. God, I serve you, period. And the, the, the alarming thing is many people come into church every Sunday. You see the pastor, rich pastor, not poor pastor in Jesus' name, sweating. And you still are saying in your mind, oh, I will do that next week. I, I, I will do it next week. Let me quickly, I will sort it out this week. God is even saying while you're here, on your phone, delete that boy's number. Delete that girl's number. Totally finish it. Close down that website. I, I, I will do it later. And then you will fall into different troubles and then you'll be running back to God, not telling anyone that you disobeyed the voice of God. Because if Sajak, Mezak, and Abednego had bowed down to that image, nobody would know the wiser. They would have been saved from the image. And I'm sure that there may have been other Babylonian um, Jewish boys that would be saying, what's the point? Just, guys, look, we don't want trouble. Just bow down to this thing and let's go. Just do this thing and let's go. Sign the documents and just, just let's go. Nothing is going to come back to you. Oh, can I say this? Many of us know, many people can do the same thing and get away with it. And you will do it and not get away with it. You know why? Because there are two th people that are against you. God is against you doing wrong things and the devil is also against you because you said you love God. Those who are his, no problem. They can go through. Because the Bible says they, they're in a slippery slope. 
But you will do the same thing other people are doing and you will get caught. Your life will be destroyed. Things will happen because the devil's plan from the beginning is to destroy you. He comes in to steal, to what? Kill and to what? Destroy. So you have two different issues you're battling with. But when you stay with God and say, I won't bow down because I honor God, I'm devoted to God, God will promote you. Because Joseph got promoted when he stayed in the practice of devotion. Did you get anything from me this morning? Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.